Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to this fantastical, amazingly perfect episode of Podcast 2187. And I can get away with saying all that for two different reasons. One, primarily, first and foremost, this is the 150th episode of Podcast 2187, which is obviously a cause for celebration because who thought we would make it this far, including us? Um, and Mark, I'm happy that you're here for it. So what do you have to say? What are your thoughts about us finally arriving to this magical 150? Well, when you start to, when you start to do the math, it, you know, it, it's almost, uh, you know, three years worth of episodes, but we've been doing it longer than that. Right. Because I mean, we started even... in January of 2016. So we're like oh three and a half God. years. Well, then we didn't even miss as many episodes as I thought then. <laughs> Like I mean, we, we definitely miss them here and there, but not not too bad. Well, our, our major problem is we record on Mondays and a ton, ton, ton of holidays, uh, federal, national, local, whatever take place on Mondays. So right. one of those things that generally we don't record on holidays. It is what it is. I'm usually barbecuing, but that's actually no different than what right now is because I'm barbecuing while I'm talking too. So. <laughs> I like to multitask. I can discuss Star Wars and make some steaks. So, so here, let me. I need to scroll here and find this real quick. I want to give a stat, but I was unprepared for this stat, so I'm looking for it now. I do want to let everybody know that we were planning to have some pretty fun, cool things to be talking about tonight for this 150th episode, and some neat uh, guests to have on, and all this cool stuff. And then that kind of went out the window because there is a lot of news. <laughs> <laughs> to be getting to a lot of discussion no, I mean, to be had spoilers to be discussed. well to be specific you're all right um so well real quick also what i was trying to look up is like famous tv show episodes that didn't make it to 150 episodes but i can't like Most. the lowest i can find right now is 180 is the lowest so i don't even know what's slower than that right now because it's like the record of most tv shows or whatever there's a program well, it, in india didn't make it to this many there's a program in India that's had over 5,000 episodes. Well, you and it's still going. Like Young and the Restless or General Hospital, and they've been going on daily for 20, 30 years. Yeah, so I'm They're trying to find them. them. Oh, whoa, 5,000 wasn't the lowest. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. There's a TV show. It's a children's show in Germany that is still in production that has over 20,000 episodes because it started in 1959. What's the name of the show? Oh, I'm not saying it because it's in German. Guten Tag, Herr Kindergartens. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Soap opera in the United States. 15,000 episodes started in 1952, ended in September of 2009. Of what? Uh, Guiding Light. Oh, Guiding Light, yeah. And it's 2009, so look at Young and the Restless if they have it. Uh, where are they? They're, I'm sure they're here somewhere. They gotta be. They're, Younger, they're number gone. nine. Most uh, episodes of all time? Yeah, number nine. We're at 11,000. Uh, General Hospital is number three with 14,500, and they're still going. Days of Our Lives, number one? No, number one is the German one. Days of oh, Our Lives is what? number five. Oh, okay. Uh, so the, number, the first the, American one is guiding, is uh, what? General Hospital, number three? No, Guiding Light, number two, and then General Hospital is number three. The okay. Tonight Show is number seven. So Wow. The Price is Right is number 16. That's impressive. 
Well, yeah, because, I mean, but that's a game show, though. It's a little bit different. Yeah, Jeopardy's at 23. Oh, Wheel of Fortune is 34. Anyway, the point is, uh, I hope everybody's looking forward to us tying the Guiding Light record, because uh, we're going to be there. Because we're <laughs> breaking news for episode 150, we're having three episodes a day for the next 10 years. Well, we're just going to, what we're going to do is we're just going to rip break this down into multiple parts even though we record it in one day. Just I was just no, I was saying we were just constant we're on our phones twenty four seven and we just never stop and we just keep talking live streaming twenty four seven. Well that we could do. That makes a lot of sense actually. With, with like ten minute breaks to make ten minute episodes to get that yeah. to get count up. Yeah. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. So uh <laughs> instead anyway, that that kinda evolved a little bit but this is episode 150 and we did sideline our plans to celebrate this episode because we have a crap ton of stuff to be talking about for this movie for the rise of skywalker so um if you've been following any of this uh information up until this point um you'll catch on or you'll be up to date with what's going on if not we'll do a quick catch up with what's happening obviously it's going to be in the title of this episode too but obviously as a fair warning this is very very uh spoiler slash leak heavy so if you're trying to avoid knowledge of what's going to happen in the rise of skywalker now would be an excellent time to stop listening i don't want you to go but for your own protections i i, I respect your decision and, and you should stop if you're trying to avoid that if not that's why you're here so um, remember that time a few years back where i was not about spoilers i know right i was thinking about that last week yeah I, yeah what what happened yeah. to you i don't really care I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's like i changed my enjoyment of it so right um basically so what's going on is we had this was a few weeks ago and we covered this a few weeks ago um this user slash moderator on the reddit star wars leaks forum uh known as jedi paxis and he put out a plot synopsis for the entire movie for the rise of skywalker after that happened jason at making star wars.net was able to verify and corroborate parts of it not 100 percent of it um but a lot of it seems to really be taking shape and be similar, so he has no reason to doubt it at this point. Um, so in a further expansion of that, he took the next step, Jedi Paxis did, and he has given detailed uh, plot synopsis, synopses, I guess, for both acts, well, he's breaking down into acts one and two out of three for the Rise of Skywalker. So we have the first two, and we're going to be going over those tonight. And then hopefully next week for our episode, we'll have the finale, Act 3, to be going over in detail as well. So this is the majority of the movie here being the first part. And uh, how this is going to work is pretty much I'm going to be reading what he says, occasionally inserting some things that we've learned along the way, whether that's from Jason or clarifying comments Paxis has made or whatever else. Um, but we'll be making our way through that. Mark will be giving us some commentary, and then we'll have some thoughts that will contribute to it at this point. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be fun. commentary on the stakes that I'm cooking right now. Can you hear that? That sizzle? I'll give you, like, 15 seconds. <sighs> can, you, can you hear it? So what, what this is, this is my little dry rub on here. Okay. It's, it's called Skywalker Spice. <laughs> it's, um, is that what makes Supio's eyes red? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets, gets all free prep. Can you hear it? <laughs> Your 15 seconds are now up. I'm sorry. Oh, damn. All right. Well, I just want people to know what I'm doing. Apparently, apparently it's a thing to let, you know, let people know, you know, what your day's like. And, and maybe it makes you a little bit more relatable. This has been Catching Up with Griddle Marks. A very appropriate time. Uh, yes. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and start with this. The 
the beginning of the movie is obviously going to start with the the title and the crawl and all that kind of stuff. But after that, what we fade to, we 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 it seems like you zoom in from space to a land location on the planet. So it doesn't start with a ship per se. It seems like it just goes straight to the ground. Uh, and there you have something in the past going. It's probably shortly after the Battle of Endor, after episode six, you have Luke training Leia as a Jedi. There are lightsabers involved with this training. And in this sequence, we see have Leia revealing to Luke that she is pregnant and that Leia's making the decision to end her Jedi training due to the impending birth of her son. Well, you could there, always, yeah. you could always, and I don't know, I'm trying to think of all the movies and where the the crawl kind of went next, you know what I mean? I think the only one that's not in space is Attack of the Clones, is that correct? Is that the only crawl that's not in space? I'm trying to remember what it is in no, it is. It is because you have the Naboo Starfighters. Right. And they're clones. going through the clouds on Coruscant. Everything else is oh, fa- I see. Phantom I see Menace space. So I don't know if you start with some sort of native, if they're on Endor, some, it would be smart to start with like a native uh, Endorian bird or something. Right. Flying and follow it that way. Because you always, especially in the other, uh, uh, what is it, the Ewok shows? Yeah, yeah. You you see different creatures there. I don't think in the movies. I don't know if this is going to be the case, but the way that I'm picturing it is that yeah, like you, the the stars fade down to Andor. You you zoom into it, and then you you see lightsabers in motion. Getting they're small, and they're just getting bigger as you zoom into the ground. You look at them from over over top. Would be interesting. Then, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen that way. That's kind of what I imagined. Um. But from there, you have this this instance of Luke and Leia training. She talks about the whole thing with Ben. And then it cuts to the present at the Resistance's jungle base. Presumably, you still have the perspective of Leia. Because the previous shot ends with her and cuts to current her as the transition. Um, and so years later, we have Leia where her, picking up where her brother left off. And she's been helping Rey learn in the ways of the Force. She's kind of like her mentor or her trainer at this point. Ray is first seen doing some meditative or mental force training, but she is struggling with it. And in frustration, she asks Leia if she can do a physical training course instead. This is uh, what we see Ray doing in the jungle forest in the D23 first look. It appears that Ray has more physical fortitude than she has mental strength. I'm, I'm still... Okay. I, <laughs> well, I, I'm just thinking about it. My mind still has a hard time wrapping around, you know... Uh, the Carrie Fisher stuff. Right. You know, I've talked about it multiple episodes uh, to where they made it very clear that there won't be a body double. But there has to be. They, so, the various things, uh, rumors or conversations have been happening about that. Some people have said that it's going to be a combination of everything. Of course, they're using previously unused footage of Carrie Fisher in this. Um, and we'll get to this a little bit later too, but supposedly there also might be using uh, footage of her from The Last Jedi that was not used, including when she was in the coma, um, which we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, oh, and, and real, real quick, real quick. Uh-huh. It's definitely, obviously, you know, people talk, Drew, LA Kings Drew on Twitter and I were talking about what would have been cool uh-huh. uh, for Last Jedi. This scene would have been amazing in Last Jedi. 
you could have you could have really started you could have started off the last Jedi with with them doing the training and just make it look enough like it's Ray with a helmet on. Let's say they both have let's say they both have blast helmets on or whatever, and they're training. Uh huh. And then it stops, and you realize it's Luke training Leia. Right. And the flashback. Once the flashback's gone, it's to him having the lightsaber with Ray, and that's when he throws it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that would be sense? cool. Yeah, because and like you said, that's a good point too. I forgot to mention that supposedly you don't see who they are at first. This is from Jason. You can't tell who these two people are at first using the lightsaber because they do have some sort of mask or covering on. And right, you, which you is the idea assume, of a body double probably filming it. Well, like you, you assume it's Ray uh, with some other person helping train, and then they take him off, and you see it's previous old. Uh, by old, I mean past Luke and Leia. Yeah, it would have been a good, would have been a real good thing to start off. Uh, you know, would have given everybody what they wanted in in a sense, and it would have right. been more, you know. But again, nobody knew that. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher would pass away. So right. Um, is, you know, so. uh, anyway, yeah, one of the other things, too, real quick, is that some people were saying that Billy Lord is going to be a stand-in for some of Carrie's parts, and they can work with some technology, possibly. Not not the majority of the movie or anything, but maybe a couple parts that they needed to fill in some gaps or something. Um, but to anyway, to, to continue, the next thing is the forest planet that's bathed in red light. Of course, this, this is the scene of Kylo in the first teaser with the red background where he's just like running through some locals or whatever it is. This is from that. So again, very early in the movie. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has been aware of a dark power behind his predecessor and former master, Snoke. Kylo has been spending his time as leader of the First Order with the purpose of locating this power. Generals Hux and Pride have been following Kylo around on his quest and are beginning to get very frustrated with what they see as a fool's errand. They see this as a waste of First Order's time and resources. When we catch up with the villains of our story, Kylo is leading an assault on this planet with the purpose of finding Darth Vader's Wayfinder device. The device, well, it, it, well, so the device reveals coordinates within the Unknown Regions. And Kylo is confident that this will reveal the source of Snoke's power. So he slaughters his way through the natives, which is again from the teaser, and is eventually led to someone known as the Oracle, who gives him the Wayfinder. What's interesting about this so far is uh, this is the first that we really hear of. Uh, it? I keep wanting to say Price. It's not Price, is it? Pride. Pride, because Price is from Rebels. Right, right. So this is the first we really hear of where he fits into the story because some people originally alluded to that it was he that was in charge of the the Sith fleet, right? Um, and so now we know that 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 he would like come in last minute and be a power struggle between Hux and Pride because of that stormtrooper conflicts or whatever. Um, but right. like I said, this is this is the first few minutes of the movie. Yeah, and and already it start it starts off. This is probably less than ten minutes into it. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, you've already got maybe first five minutes of of Luke and and Leia and Ray and Leia, and now you've got you know Hux, my boy, <laughs> baby boy, as they say online, whatever the hell that means. Uh, Hux and uh, Price, right? Pride, whatever. Pride. The heck. That guy. <laughs> So I well, say, I keep wanting to say Price because there's Jonathan Price who was like, 
you right. know, a, a famous British actor, and and this guy, he's what's his name? I don't know. With uh, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. My boy from uh, from uh, uh, Warlock. Love that movie. <laughs> so, but yeah, like you said, it's interesting that he's introduced so early on, and uh, I, I kind of feel like it's it's probably gonna just like Captain Kennedy, right? Or was the captain? Kennedy in the Last Jedi? I think so, but I think it's going to be more than that. Obviously, well, well, yeah, but I just mean he's just like this random first order guy who doesn't really get an introduction per se. He's just he's there with Hux. Or you something. don't really need it, do you? No, no, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's honestly, I think it's better to not give him one because then you can just see this is the first order just doing their business. You know, kind of like with see, like, right now, my, my stakes are on point. <laughs> with like Tarkin wasn't really an introduction he was just there and you and you find out who he was through the course of the movie like and how he acted so um yeah, yeah and, you know, I think I think everybody forgets that that the, that uh we didn't need all that exposition you know that, yeah. that's what the that's what the books are for I guess the novels are for and, and yeah. it sounds like especially now that we're going to be getting um we're getting everything there is to know about Ben Solo becoming Kylo Ren strictly right. from the comics right you know, I, they were talking about it today, and that seems to be where it is. There, there, were, there was a, a little discussion today online about uh, the new Count Dooku. There's the Count Dooku audio drama, and now it's being released as the audio drama script so people can read it. Uh, and that's the first major, you know, that's, that's where you get the first major idea of where he came from. You know, right. character as big and, and as important as Count Dooku, it's taken what? How many years has it been now? Uh, uh, over six, over sixteen years before you find out his origin, right? Because let's put it this yeah. way: my son was born after uh, Attack of the Clones, and he's sixteen. Right. So you know, it's well, yeah, been sixteen it, years. Like Attack of the Clones was oh two, so that's uh seventeen years. Seventeen years. Seventeen years since since we first saw him and got his origin story. So, you know, right. If if people should not be complaining about no. origin stories. No, no, no. And plus, honestly, this leaves room for those stories to come through later once the movie's done. You know. Oh, don't, for sure. Don't answer everything anyway. Um. So next up, after Kylo gets this Wayfinder device from the Oracle. Um, we catch up with the resistance on some sort of asteroid base. And more specifically, it's Finn and Poe on the Millennium Falcon, accompanied by a hand of unfamiliar alien characters traveling to an icy asteroid base to meet with a First Order informant. This informant, which or who is an alien, is acting as a middleman between a First Order mole and our heroes. The First Order arrives... Awesome. Wait, sorry, I'm interjecting. Do you want yeah, me to yeah. wait till you're done with your little sections? or uh, Whatever, uh, it doesn't matter. Well, it'd be awesome if, if this asteroid base was actually uh, was it Paulus Massa? Paulus Massa, yeah. From uh, from Revenge of the Sith, uh, that would be a cool little throwback. But obviously, if it's icy, I mean, maybe the asteroids have traveled far enough that it's friggin' cold out. Uh, I mean, like that that would be great. And honestly, if they had the same type of structures that they did there, so you can recognize the way it's built. Although at this at this point, it'd probably be old. Um, that would be really Uber. cool to see. Wait, yeah, yeah. With, One of those that. floating I, in the background. Uber. Yeah. You like, have a baby. Like as Poe's walking by, like there's Natalie Portman in the background giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> like force flashback. <laughs> like, Poe's a Jedi now. 
Hey, everyone's a Jedi. You're a Jedi. You're a Jedi. The whole galaxy is a Jedi, so Broom that Boy, no one's Broom a Boy's Jedi. there sweeping up, but he's doing it like telepathically. Right. Yeah, that works. That Checks out. Best action figure yet. So, uh, this is for uh, blah, blah, blah. the first order arrives and begins attacking the base. The assault causes uh, or forces our heroes to make a hasty exit by what is known as light springing, which supposedly involves making the jump to light speed without plotting a course to a predetermined destination, which of course is dangerous because you can fly right through a star. I think, like Han mentioned in uh, A New Hope. So, uh, the Falcon makes a handful of these springs to throw the first order off their trail. But as a result, they are forced to deal with the consequences of such a risky maneuver. Obviously, they survive, but there's some sort of peril associated with that. Um, and then as soon as they're done with that, they plot a course to the secret resistance jungle base, which is where Ray and Leia are. So well, now we uh, cut. Oh. Time. <laughs> time. All here's, right. Here's what I have a problem with. Oh, problems shouldn't already. All, shouldn't all the resistance bases be secret by definition? Well, sure, but I mean... So they like, go from, like, what? The the one that's on Google Maps to the, to the secret <laughs> one? No, they go from secret base to secret base. It's just no longer secret. Well, the you Rebels know? slash Resistance have never had a base that wasn't secret. Right, so saying it's their secret base is kind of like... Tradition. Right. You're not going to... You'd be like, oh, well, there's our base, and this is our secret base. No, they're all secret bases. <laughs> this, this base is so the decoy. <laughs> we know what you're talking about. That's why there's a neon size that says resistance base with an arrow pointing at it from the sky. Yeah. It's, uh, it's flashing. Yep, that's it. Like, you can totally blow this one up. That's cool. Yeah, we don't care. We already, it's our decoy base. Like, when you blow it up in the ground, it's written psych. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I don't think that happens either. Um, so from here, we cut to the unknown regions and a planet in what we believe to be called Exegol or something to that effect. So after obtaining Vader's Wayfinder device, Kylo travels to the place specified by the Wayfinder, which takes him to the unknown regions. Um, and there's a dead planet of flat black rock. So, and again, supposedly this planet is called Exegol or, or some variation of that pronunciation. Kylo lands outside a giant cube that's floating above the ground and begins walking toward it. Now, here it says it's floating just above the ground. If I remember correctly, I think Jason said it was floating like 20 feet above the ground or something like that. So kind of depends on your interpretation, I guess. But the point is it is floating above the ground and that when Kylo walks toward it, he looks down and there's some sort of elevator shaft opening that leads down into the planet's surface, or I guess below the surface into the planet itself. So he follows okay. it down. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're we're going to have this conversation probably in a later episode, I, but I just want to acknowledge it real quick. There was okay. a brief news article that came out today about George Lucas not being happy with right. certain parts of the sequel trilogy because, you know... Um, he already had his own storyline. Well, not even, not even so much as that. What I took out of it was is that, you know, you're supposed to create new worlds and you're supposed to create right. new... And this is the one to me that it feels like it's it's most in honor of Lucas, because this place Exegol sounds crazy. Yeah, no, but it's, but it's great. I think he would love it. Right. So it's it's almost like, okay, sorry, 
let us go ahead and just let's just throw things out there and see how it goes. This is the first one where I'm like, okay, yes, this is something we haven't seen before. This is this is an odd place. And you it know, makes me happy that they're going this route. Like you said, we can have this discussion with the later episode, but I without going into explaining why, it really seems to me like this episode, episode nine, is where they are letting JJ kind of loose with the story and the control. They're like, okay, now you can do what you want to do with this story more so than before. Right. So, we have everybody back that we wanted to get back. Yeah. And, and now we're going to go ahead and just, you know, let's just kind of go balls out and excuse my French, that little <laughs> like helium um, balls or bouncing <laughs> ball. I'm not sure, but do that. And then, uh, you know, people are going to come anyways. Yeah, and supposedly George Lucas was also involved a little bit more than previously with this one too, so that also helps with the tone and, and how it yeah. works. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're interested in, in in what we're talking about, look up uh, you know, Iger. Uh, it was part of his memoirs, uh, a bit that was released. Again, uh, as long as news dies down a little bit, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Just just know that, that it's an issue that came out today and it seems like something that they may be rectifying because so far everything that we're hearing about about this is that they're going for it. They're they're going for well, you know what? Okay, sorry, I know we have a lot to get through, Tim. <laughs> I, I it I found this it chapter two. Okay. And as a kid I read that book when it first came out, and I was young. Uh-huh. And it's a crazy book. And Spoilers or not spoilers, the ending of the book is a real what the hell is going on. <laughs> you know, and it's always been this this kind of if you ever talk to anybody who's read the book, you're like, yeah, Pennywise, right? He's a and like, yeah, that's weird. And so it's kind of like this, you know, sort of shorthand for things got really crazy. Right. And they did it in the movie. And it's turning people off, but I'm like, you went for it. Yeah. You did You did the book. And it's crazy that you went for it and did it, but you did it. And okay, whatever. People now are having a hard time with it, but 40-something years ago, 35 years ago, I was in the same place you are. But now I, now I love it. I love what they did. Right. And I had that same sort of feeling for this. It's like, Okay, I, I was tired of you. You played a little safe with The Force Awakens, and you played it even more safe as far as locales and craziness with with Last Jedi. And now it's like, okay, thank you. Now it sounds like they're going for it, and they're going to end it with sort of this, everything we've come to know and love about Star Wars. So I, I appreciate what I'm hearing so far from these leaks as far as locales and situations. And So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I that, that was a good uh, uh, perspective to get to all this conversation that's happening right now about these leaks and everything. So, uh, Let's see. So yeah, Kylo goes down into the planet and there he finds an old man who is near death and lying in a, a bed and being tended to Ooh. by cloaked aides. The cloaked aides are supposedly referred to as Sith loyalists. Oh. And I imagine that hopefully we're going to get the the Emperor's theme here because, as I'm sure you can guess, the old man identifies himself as Darth Sidious. Sith loyalist action figures are going to be the greatest action figures 
figures ever. I'm just wondering if they're going to look like the Re- Return of the Jedi aides. The Imperial yeah. Dignitaries, they call them now? Yeah. Are they going to be sim- similar to that? Or more like the guy in Rogue One who's tending to Vader? Ooh. Either one I'm fine with. They kind of both look like they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kylo initially dismisses the old man, knowing that the Emperor had died 30 years prior over the forest moon of Endor. Feeling that this must be a trick, Kylo claims that there must be some other explanation, such as this man being a clone. Supposedly, uh, Pax's sources here specifically tell him that Palpatine refutes the idea of him being a clone and affirms that he survived his fall. So before we move on, I kind of want to talk about that with you too real quick, about the concept yeah. of him being physically still alive. He'd be approximately, someone did the math, I think approximately like 113 years old or something like that at this point. Um, something I, I want to draw everybody's attention to one thing real quick before we start this discussion, which is going back to episode three, some of this is canon, some of it's not, but it's always been the assumption that when Sidious or Palpatine is giving his Darth Plagueis the Wise speech, he references how, first off, Plagueis taught his apprentice everything he knew, which is supposedly Palpatine. And then he also talks about how Plagueis, you know, it's ironic he could save others from death, but not himself. So would it not make sense for this apprentice, which is Palpatine, to come up with some sort of contingency plan to save himself from death, especially someone as selfish as Sheev Palpatine is? So that's just kind of a thought to throw out there real quick. So what do you think about him being physically alive at this point? I don't have a problem with it. You know, and I don't at first, even I th- really need to know what the situation is. Yeah, well, like at first I thought it was kind of weird. Um, but again, like you have that context. You also, so I've seen some people speculate that the, the blue explosion that happens when he's being thrown down the shaft has something to do with that. Um, that's retconning, honestly, you know, but. Well, I talk, I talk a lot. So here's where, if I've already said this before, stop me because there's two people that I talked to on the phone about, well, talk in person about Star Wars and that's you and that's, Ellie Kings Drew, I name drop him quite a bit. But one of the things that I read not that long ago was from Christopher McQuarrie. Christopher, uh-huh. uh, Christopher McQuarrie, did I mention this at all? I don't think so, but go on. So he's a responsible for some of the latest Mission Impossibles. He re- he's responsible for Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie. And one of the notes from the studios for Edge of Tomorrow, you know, the alien Groundhog Day-ish uh, film was that the studio really wanted to know why we need to explain why oh, the aliens yeah. are here. Right. Doing what they're doing. And he's like, you don't need to know. It's not right. important. That's not, is, that is not what's central to the story. And in hindsight, he's right. It's not important to what's going on in the story. The human element of it, the, the you know, Going back every time you die is what's central to the story, but not why the aliens are there. Aliens are there because the aliens want to attack. That's it. That's the explanation. That's fine. And so in this scenario, you don't need to know why Palpatine's alive. You just know that he is. Well, because like, that's the setting. It's not the plot itself. Right. Right. I mean, you look at what we got with, with Maul, and, and Maul stayed alive by his anger. And it's a ludicrous idea, but everyone accepts <laughs> everyone accepts that Maul is alive because of the stories we got from it. We got right. amazing stories with this character who was, you know, resuscitated, rejuvenated, who was never killed off. The same kind of thing happens here. If the story's fantastic, it doesn't matter how Palpatine survived. Well, I was just about to say, I feel like a lot of people are going to leave this 
the, the theater afterward and they may ask like wait i want so how exactly did he survive but they're not going to mind it they're just going to be curious right and they know they'll get that story 35 40 years down the line or whatever it is <laughs> like, you know they'll get, they'll get star, it when they get the star wars episode the, 10 the return of palpatine yeah. again <laughs> you know they'll get it when they get the when they get the palpatine you know novel or whatever or or yeah. maybe we're lucky enough and we get if if matt smith is as some have suggested playing a rejuvenated Palpatine, then perhaps we would get a Palpatine origin story with Matt Smith for, uh, you know, Disney Plus, which would be pretty effing amazing Yeah, uh, if that happens. So, you don't know. You know, it, it's just, it's not the most important thing for the story. It's just, is what comes of it good enough that you're not right. sent you know, because if all you're doing is questioning it the whole time you're watching it, then you're not engaged. Right. So, we'll, well see. I mean, and it's it's interesting with this term too, where he says he affirms that he survived his fall. So I'm just wondering. It doesn't again. It doesn't matter. We'll see this context in the movie. But I'm just wondering if he's like, no, I really lived, and then moves on, or if he's like through the teachings of my former master. You know, I don't know. But we'll see. Um, so after his defeat at Endor, he left the known galaxy and traveled to the unknown regions to rebuild his empire. That's always been his goal since before the Phantom Menace, and everybody knows this. Um, despite his skepticism, Palpatine, and by his, um, I think he refers to Kylo. Despite Kylo's skepticism, Palpatine begins to reel Kylo in and subsequently tells him of something known as the Force Dyad. This Force uh or sorry, the force produces two incredibly strong users, and when they unite together, both become stronger than either one could be on their own. Which kind of I think makes we mentioned me... this last time, right? We did, and I think it also kind of makes a little bit of an explanation for the rule of two with the Sith, also. And yeah, it's kind of what it, they adhere it, to. It explains that. It explains how you know the consternation of of many fanboys out there. It also explains how maybe she's more powerful than they think that she should be. Because when they've kind of come together, it's making them, you know, super, uh, super Jedi. You know what just occurred to me, and I haven't thought, like, I haven't, I haven't checked this, so I don't know if this is accurate or not. But I wonder if whenever Ray shows like these advances in her Force abilities, it comes right during or right after an interaction with Kylo. So you could, yeah, again, I have to double check that to make sure I'm right. But he could almost make that argument that if they are this sort of dyad, then just their being together is kind of increasing their abilities. Well, I, I mean, the only one that's a little bit that can't be necessarily explained that would be that way would be her levitating all those rocks. But well, they're yeah, in, they're still within like. 50 but that's after miles. she was training with Luke too, though. Right, but she's also when she's training with Luke, she's also having these connections with Kylo to where. They're able to physically affect each other's environments. She also right. just got got off of hanging out with uh, Kylo on what the supremacy, the yeah, how, was it uh, Snoke's Star Destroyer or whatever? Right. So all that's there, you know. This this idea that, and and again, we don't know what 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 Jedi can or can't do. You know, it, it's it honestly seems like lifting a bunch of rocks for a Jedi is like. Tuesday afternoon BS. Right. You know, oh, I'm going to sit here and lift a bunch of rock. I honestly think Yoda as a teacher for Luke was kind of being a douche. Excuse my French, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it doesn't because it doesn't sound like Yoda at all expects that anything is gonna happen from Luke. Like this galaxy is over. This is who we're getting. <laughs> Kid, like, lift up a rock. <laughs> lift up the X-wing. It's like, huh. oh, crap, <laughs> right? And so I don't think Yoda thinks at all that. Uh, That's what that, I like oh, that. God. Well, it, it you know, I, I don't think he expects much out of Luke. So I don't think he's pushing much. I don't think he's pushing Luke to do much. And, and Luke almost looks at it like, I don't think he knows what is possible but he's constantly kind of in his shell you know what i mean yeah it's not until he has his fight with vader and he comes out of it that luke's just like i'm gonna choke you out gamorian guard i'm gonna do some flips and catch this lightsaber because he he didn't go back to yoda right you know the lot when you see luke in empire leave yoda to when you see luke go back to Yoda in Jedi, he hasn't seen Yoda in the meantime, but suddenly right. what? Luke goes from a novice until, like, the superior Jedi? It's because now he, I think he now he's come into his own, he kind of feels it. Uh-huh. I, I think for Rey, she probably got that fighting Kylo on, on Starkiller base. Like, granted, Kylo was wounded from a, you know, Bowcaster bolt to his uh, his abdomen or whatever, but you know, I, I, everything makes sense. I think. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, I, but I guess when he's explaining this force dyad to Kylo, though, um, again he's saying that uh, they're two strong users and that together they're incredibly strong. So he says he believes that Kylo and Rey are the two halves of this dyad, and um, he supposedly says that he's weak and dying um, and he wants the dyad to rule together once he's gone. So he says to Kylo that he has to bring Rey to him and turn her to the dark side so that the dyad can be a strong, unified force of darkness. Palpatine also reveals that he has been amassing an armada of Star Destroyers equipped with Death Star tech, each one capable of destroying a planet on its own. Journals Hux and Pride are tasked with rounding up children in large numbers to train and staff his armada. So something interesting about this, we saw those Sith, uh, or, or presumably the Sith fleet is what it's being called, but the old Imperial, Imperial I can't speak, Star Destroyers, um, with, like, with a cannon on each one, right? And we see in the D23 Special Look 2, this red laser that's going into a planet. What's interesting is that it's almost more like a, a, a slow and methodic thing because if each one is individually capable of destroying a planet it's definitely not like the death star that was one blast the planet's gone you know and i feel like this miniaturized version needs to work at the planet for a little while for <laughs> before it goes away just based off of what it looks like in the trailer um well, there, were, there will be more keep, on that later too you can't keep blowing up planets all the time you know they, yeah, they, saw... <laughs> blew up, they blew up one i mean the idea was okay we blow up one and that brings everybody in line but after a while, if all you're doing is blowing a planet, you're like, well, the hell with it. You know, I'm, I'm not even going to try <laughs> as a planet if, if we piss somebody. Excuse God, I'm sorry. If you make fine. somebody angry and they come here and they blow up our planet, you know. Yeah. Instead, the idea that there's these sort of laser precision, like you could take out the capital of a planet to make everybody fall in line and produce, you know, steel, food, whatever. You don't need to take out the planet. 
Well, it's, it's weird because on the one hand, I saw somebody online had made some reference to the next technology piece will be gloves where each finger produces a laser that can destroy a planet. And like, and I get that where it seems to be constantly the thing. However, I don't think that's the storyline here. I think it's, again, just more of a, of a background tech thing. I don't think it's really a big deal where they have to blow up each of the, the Star Destroyers for the, the point of the movie with the trench run or anything like that. Um, but also... It kind of makes sense, again, in context still. You have the most powerful weapon in the history of the galaxy, and you keep losing it. So you keep trying to modify it and, and come back with a better version that you can actually win with this time. And what is going to instill fear more in the galaxy than the threat of your planet exploding and then being permanently gone and forgotten? I mean, not much more right. is going to scare people. So it kind of makes sense in context. I get from a movie perspective, you're like, really? But it, it does make sense, I think. Uh, anyway, but from here, we go back to the Resistance's jungle base. Finn and Poe return to the Resistance base, which is a secret base, Mark, uh, and they're bearing the knowledge obtained from their encounter with the First Order informant. The duo brings this knowledge to General Leia, and they tell her... Okay, well, but here's where I'm confused. Yeah. What did it say they spoke with the First Order informant? Well, they spoke to the alien who is the immediate middleman between the informant and them. Okay, thank you. Because when I first read it, I was like, huh? Yeah, supposedly, it's my understanding that the informant was trying to pass along knowledge about Kylo going to the unknown regions um, in search of something. I don't know if he goes into the Wayfinder device or what, but that's kind of what's being passed along. Uh, so they tell that to General Leia and... Um, his mission, yeah, it says here about his mission to the unknown regions, um, but without any leads to specifically where he went or how he got there, the resistance is at a dead end. Leia mentions that she has a contact who was seeking a link to the unknown regions long ago, and he may be willing to help. Leia dispatches two of them along with Ray, Chewbacca. Uh, this is the two of them, so Finn and Poe, along with Ray, Chewbacca, BB-8, and 3PO to Pisana to meet with her contact and see what help he may be able to provide. Okay, who gets dispatched again? Poe, Finn, Ray, Chewie, BB-8, and 3PO. So everybody except R2. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, now we find ourselves on Pisana. When the heroes arrive on the planet, they discover that a giant festival is going on. Again, see the teaser for this. When they thought, or sorry, what they thought would be an easy mission has now turned into a much more complicated affair. They attempt to stay low and blend in, but if you remember, they have a seven foot tall walking carpet with them, and it's hard to blend in with that. So Ray encounters an alien in the crowd who takes a liking to her, and he presents her with a handmade necklace as a gift. She is asked what her name is, and she tells it's Ray. And then when asked for her family name, she responds by saying that she doesn't have one. It'd be awesome I... if it's a Japor snippet. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but that would be amazing. Which I say it's not because there is a clip show. I don't mind in Vanity Fair or behind the scenes somewhere um, that shows Ray wearing a necklace. So presumably it's the same one that's being referenced here. Um, at this time, Kylo establishes a connection with Rey through their force bond again, uh, and their conversation ends with Kylo grabbing the necklace from around Rey's neck, since they do have a level of physical interaction, like when jerk. he had, like when he had the water on his hand in, in the Last Jedi. It's like an, uh, the next step with that. Um, so he's able to grab that, uh, even though it doesn't belong to him. That's theft. Anyway, uh, 
And the next, well, was, and also yeah. that that should put to rest a little bit of the idea that it, that he's retconning everything that uh, that Ryan Johnson did, right? Because that's definitely something that's introduced in the Last Jedi, and whether it was, we don't know. If, we have no idea if it was always planned that way, that they would have that sort of physical bond um, because of the Force or or whatnot. We just know that it first appeared in Ryan Johnson's movie, and now it's being carried you know, over right and further ex, you know expounded upon or expanded right. upon right. so uh, you know for people who think that this is just a retcon of uh of um last jedi it's it's certainly not right um so the necklace proves to be the key to the first order discovering their location on pasana after the connection ends ray warns her comrades that the first order is on their way and that they have to hurry to find leia's contact this is when, instead of finding their contact, their contact finds them because he spotted an old Wookiee friend of his in the crowd, and as you may have guessed, it's Lando Calrissian. Ah, Greet- my boy. <laughs> Greetings and introductions are exchanged, and Lando tells them of a dagger that may be able to help them find what they're looking for. Many years prior, Lando and Luke went in search of this dagger that was owned by a Sith loyalist named Ochi. They tracked Ochi to Pasana when the trail went cold. When met with the question of why he never left the planet after the search for Ochi and his dagger was over, Lando tells them that he had a young child at the time of his and Luke's quest. While they were out searching for the dagger, the First Order stole his child. After having failed to protect his child from the First Order, Lando and Luke parted ways, and he stayed at Persona ever since. The story strikes a chord with Finn, since he was stolen from his own family at an incredibly young age. Lando points them in, in the direction of the last known coordinates of Ochi's ship, uh, where the trail went cold all those years ago. He wishes them luck in succeeding where he failed all those years ago. That's a repeat. Uh, but decides to sit this one out. So at this point, our heroes followed the trail that Lando pointed them to, and he, uh, they eventually happened upon Ochi's ship. When Rey sees the ship, it triggers some memories, because it is the same ship that we see leaving Jakku in Rey's flashback from The Force Awakens. So when baby Rey is being held by Ankar Plutt and she's shouting to come back, the ship that they show... That's Ochi's, and they're looking at it now. Before the implications of this can sink in, the ground beneath them gives out, and the crew gets stuck below the surface of the sand. They find themselves in a series of underground tunnels where they discover the remains of Ochi and the dagger that Lando and Luke were seeking. Ray feels a very strong connection to this weapon, but can't quite articulate it. The dagger has writing on it in a language that nobody can identify, so they give it to 3PO, who identifies the writing as a Sith language, but he reveals that he is unable to translate the writing due to restrictions in his programming. Has there ever been mention of a Sith language before in any sort of expanded universe? uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? You can find uh, online, if you look for it, you can find like the alphabet, kind of like they have the Arabash one. There's like a Sith one, too. But they never talked about how it's like some forbidden language that kind of like, uh, what is it? That supposedly there's a language for God, you know, for right. the Hebrews believe that there's, you, you can't say certain words or right. spell certain things out because, you know, like, like the Ark of the Covenant, where's Lost Ark? It's going to, it's too powerful. Right. Is, is that what this is sort of alluding to? That this language just has its, its energy sort of to it. It's so evil. Well, yeah, I think I think more of it's like a Ouija board kind of thing. Like nobody wants to mess with it because of... don't mess with a Ouija board. Let me tell you from personal experience. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember you said. I think it was a long time ago, but you did yeah, mention that. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Just move on. So if this, if this is like a three of y'all, don't do it. Don't do it. So we'll save that for the Halloween episode. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be a good episode. <laughs> so nobody can translate it, right? Um, so they make a plan to hack into 3PO's programming to bypass those restrictions. Ho mentions that he has an old contact that might be able to help them out with this, and Chewie takes possession of the dagger, and the group's attention shifts to finding a way out of the caves. During their escape attempt, the team runs into a giant, very aggressive sandworm who presumably created the tunnels that they're in. A battle with the sandworm ensues, and our heroes end up backed into a corner, preparing to meet their fate. And that's when Ray no- notices a detail. The worm is injured, and in a display of previously unknown power, Ray is able to heal the worm's injuries, satiating the worm and providing the heroes the chance they needed to escape. This is like the mouse and the lion or whatever. Right. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where it's more the act of kindness that's able to, I don't know if it's like earn respect or whatever, so that they're able to make their way out. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious how this works, though. You know, like in the story, it's like, oh, the poor little worm has a has a a scar. It's injured. Let me fix it with a force. And I'd be like, what? Fix it with the force? What the heck are you talking about? I I could see it go down where Ray just kind of like, like in the back of her head, she's like, let me try this out and see what see what happens, and it works out pretty well. Try and, what and- out? Just like she puts her hand over it or whatever and just tries to work it and we can kind of see it healing. Here's what would be funny if she said, I read some Jedi text. And then she does. <laughs> I'd be waiting to try this. Yeah, and I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. Well, I can kind of see like Poe and Finn just like looking all like, what the crap? You know, I can, I can see that kind of thing. Yeah. Working out. Um, so once they escape the cave system, they see our first order star destroyer in the sky, and they know that Kylo Ren has found them. Once they realize that the reason, I'm sorry. Once they realize this, they correctly reason that the first order would have already found the Falcon, making that plan of escape impossible. The Falcon is boarded and subsequently taken back to the star destroyer. In an act of desperation, the crew boards Ochi's ship and they attempt to get it working. It's on this ship that the crew discovers the new droid, Dio. Rey senses that Kylo is coming for her, so she takes off on her own to confront him and buy her friends some time. This is where we have the TIE Interceptor flip sequence from the first teaser. While Kylo and Rey are engaged, the Knights of Ren and the First Order head for OG's ship and our other heroes. Chewie splits off from the crew and attempts to delay the Knights. Okay, wait. Wait, is this the first, we- is this the first we've heard of the Knights of Ren being in the story? Yeah, I I don't I don't. This is the part where it confuses me. I don't see them showing up just now. Well, n- nowhere in here to this point is the part where Kylo repairs his helmet, and the Knights of Ren right. are involved with that and, and that whole scene. Right. So it's possible that's that's in the third act, which we don't have yet uh, from the Jedi Paxis. Um, but I, I would assume I it's see, not at that point. Like repairing his helmet in the third act it doesn't make right. any sense. Right, and, and unless yeah. this is like a training montage to prepare for the final battle, and then he well, goes back okay, and but, fixes his helmet or something, but I doubt it, though. But hold on, let's, let's get real here for a second. We're, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but basically, at some point, if you're familiar with these spoilers, Kyler Ren's kind of 
going to become less Kylo Ren, more Ben Solo. So I don't see oh, him going, you know, you know yeah. what? There you go. I'm going to be Ben Solo and fix my helmet. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this needs to happen early yeah. on. No, I didn't think about that. But yeah, that's a great point. So yeah, it definitely would have happened at some point in here. I would assume right. before we get to this point in the story. So I think they are introduced already. We just don't have that context yet. Yeah. You, yeah I, there may be a crucial scene and it may be a, a reshoot, a, a who knows what, but there's a crucial scene that we're missing. It feels like. Right. Uh, Bam, let's see I here. contributed. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Chewie goes to delay the nights, but he is captured. The dagger is taken from him, and he boards a First Order prisoner transport. Rey and Kylo both notice Chewie being taken captive and being brought to the transport ship during their confrontation. As the ship takes off, Rey shifts her attention from Kylo to the captured Chewie and begins to use the Force to stop the transport and pull it back to the ground. Kylo, though, attempts to counteract this by pushing the ship away. Control over the ship becomes a battle between Kylo and Rey, just like their battle for Anakin's lightsaber in The Last Jedi. Kylo begins to gain the upper hand, which angers Rey, and in her frustration, lightning shoots from her hand, destroying the transport ship and killing all its passengers. Devastated by what just happened, Rey collapses, and while all this is transpiring, Poe, Finn, 3PO, and BB-8 get Ochi's ship in the air, just in time to fly over and pick up a distraught Rey. With no Lando, no Falcon, no Dagger, and no Chewie, our heroes limp away from the desert planet. So that was the end of Act 1 as given to us by the Jedi Paxis detail leak. Um, it does pick right up, though, for the Act 2, which begins with Kijimi, which is where the resistance or the, the crew that we just referenced is going to, where they try to find Poe's contact to help them with reading the Dagger. So the heroes of the Resistance make their way to the snow-dusted planet of Kijimi to execute their plan to discover what the secrets of the dagger were. Despite not being in possession of the dagger anymore, Thrupio tells the crew that he has the message committed to memory, so not all hope is lost. Poe tracks down an old friend, or a contact, it says, of his, Zori Bliss, who brings them to a small creature named Babu Frick. <laughs> what the... <laughs> um, so Babu uh, goes to hack 3PO's programming to read hold the on, hold language on, hold on. <laughs> so on the very first poster that leaked or whatever we had who was that weird slug looking dude on it Claude Claude and he's already if that's to believe he's already been in the story and gone right uh, I be I believe so. I'm trying to remember where he was in this story. Supposedly he yeah. got off. He got the Millennium Falcon early on in the story. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. And 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 we got Dio and I'm I'm gonna just call him Ronnie James because if anybody knows Ronnie James Dio, he's a master. I wonder if he's named after Ronnie James Dio. I don't know. <laughs> you know who Ronnie James Dio is? Uh, I I no. <laughs> That's a shot to the heart. Oh, my God. You need to go listen to Ronnie James Dio right now. I'm Dive, going to Google. Uh, Hold on. Holy Diver. Holy Diver. Insert him singing the words Holy Diver right now. And then we're good. So Ronald James Padovana, known professionally as Ronnie James Dio, or simply Dio, was an American heavy metal singer, songwriter, and composer. 
He fronted or founded numerous groups throughout his career, including Elf, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, Dio, and Heaven and Hell. Well, I've heard of some of them. I just didn't know him. Okay, so anyways, go listen to, to Dio after you're done. Anyways, um, so here's the thing. He's just introducing these random characters right and left, right? Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you, no, it is. you probably expected me, dear listener, to uh, have a problem with it, but no, I don't. Ex- expansion of the lore in the universe. Yeah, because who, who's the who's the crazy, the crazy uh, butt guy from uh, from uh, Utapau? Um, I Paul, can't remember his name, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Sith just shows up. Yeah. Hey. We're being held hostage. Save us. Right. Right. They're already here. Or whatever the heck he says. The yeah. great. Tenth level. Bruce Spence. Yeah. Thousands Bruce Spence. of battle I love droids. the actor. He's amazing. And you just have this random character out of nowhere. That if you didn't know, Bruce Spence is playing Tion Medon, who that's who it is. You'd be like, oh my God. Bruce Spence is playing Tion Medon in Revenge of the Sith. Who's this character? And then he comes <laughs> on screen and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and that's, well, how, that's how George Lucas was. Well, and that's how and it's so always these, been. It's always it's been how about... how it should be. You're at this crazy, makes no sense, otherworldly place, and you're just in the middle of it. Things aren't explained. You know, it's just how this is how reality is over there, and you have to accept it or get lost. You know, look at I mean? one of the first. Look at one of the first action figures for Star Wars, Star Wars: A New Hope, way way back when it was just called Star Wars. It's like here is Nagletooth. You're like, so wait, Nagletooth. <laughs> uh, who? Where? What? Where is he at? But you get him. You know, not even Pond, not even Walrus Man. I mean, not even Pondo Baba. It was Walrus Man. But he has a bigger role. He has a bigger role than Constable Zuvio. It sure does. He's actually in the movie. (laughs) And I don't, I don't mind this. This is like what Star Wars is all about. And and I think the Hobbit, he's going to have a role like this, unfortunately for him. But fine for us. And the Hobbit is that one guy from Lost. Yeah, Dominic Monaghan. Dominic Monaghan. It would be awesome if he's talking about, you know, second season, uh, you know, Lamish bread and all that. Or, but it's not Second breakfast. Be. Yes. Second breakfast. Second season. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, man. I don't think we it. Too bad he it. couldn't have any interaction with Snow because that would have been fun. Andy Circus. Yes, anyway, it would. All right. I, get, I get you. I'm not here for you. <laughs> Um, let's see, where are we? Uh, so Babu <laughs> tries, to, I can't take that seriously, uh, tries Babu. to hack 3PO's programming to read the Sith language on the dagger. How big's Babu? Did they mention that he's like a small guy, a big guy? I think, I think he's supposed to be kind of small, I think. So imagine, imagine C3PO could be wrong. sitting there, right? This, this is what I want to see. I want to see C3PO sitting there in this tiny ass monkey looking guy <laughs> as far as height climbing all over C-3PO and trying to hack into his brain eh, give me that all day all day I'll take some some guy climbing over C-3PO you know Bobu <laughs> Bobu Frick yeah Bob Bobu Frick you know what was uh, 
you know, what was Michael Jackson's monkey's name? Bubbles? Yeah. Bubbles seems like this guy who's just like, <laughs> hi! <laughs> Let me get into his brain here, huh? <laughs> and he's just, you know, I, I, we don't know what he looks like, but I imagine if he's tiny, he's well, like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna hook up a, a USB port or cord to a C-3PO uh, and hack that way. He's gonna bust out some some uh, some innards and you know get in there. We might know what he looks like. We're not sure, but remember that that leak that happened months ago. One of the first ones where we got our first first look at Lando and Ray and everybody in costume. I do. Like the collage. I, do. Uh, I think it might have been the the A person, but someone on there is supposedly possibly <laughs> Babu Frick, um, which again might might be the one who is associated with the number A. I'm trying. This is just my memory here, um, but that is a rumor. So we might know what he looks like based off of that, but. Um, Babu, Frick tells everyone <laughs> that he can unlock—I can't say that—that that he can unlock the messages to be read, but in doing so, three PO's memory will be wiped. Still Babu. reeling from, <laughs> from the loss of Chewbacca, the heroes argue about finding another way to get the job done. But in an act of self-sacrifice, three PO voluntarily consents to the modifications, knowing that for all intents and purposes, the droid we've all known will essentially die. He'll still be functioning, but the personality and memories that we've known and developed to this point, that's what's going to be gone. So according to wow. Paxis's sources, the scene is reportedly one of the most emotional in the film, which makes sense. Uh, now Frick completes the hack, and 3PO is now able to read the message inscribed on the dagger. This is what creates the red-eye 3PO we see in the D23 footage. The translated text points them to the location of the Emperor's own wayfinder. Having served his purpose, 3PO's memory wipe begins and he shuts down. Once the memory wipe is complete, 3PO reboots with a completely empty memory. Oh, and here's the thing. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast and you could hear me allude to it. Where's R2? Well, this is supposedly going to be involved with the Act 3 Thing that we have so I know, spo- spoilers I know, for our spoiler <laughs> if i had, if i here's the interesting thing about all of this so far dio has no purpose whatsoever that i could tell right right bb8 has no purpose from what i can tell right have we heard him do any what is it called inciting uh, action or anything. He hasn't contributed to anything that makes a difference. Right. Kind of like Rose Tico right now. <laughs> oh, jerk. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and neither has R2. Where's R2? Chilling with Rose, probably. Probably. He probably is at the Resistance base, which is where she BS. is. B.S. Well, okay, again, so spoiler for our spoiler here, but supposedly, just in case anyone's freaking out about this, um, R2, later in Act 3, he does have a backup of 3PO's memory, and he's able to upload it again, so 3PO, as we know him, pretty much is able to come back before the end of the movie. Um, Tim, you better better hurry up this podcast, because as it goes farther along, I pour myself more uh, whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, not only that, but I think we're a little bit over halfway through, (laughs) so we do need to move it along. Oh, my God. Um, I'm gonna get home and yell at me. Uh, so you still doing a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> because you're getting paid lots of money for it. Sure. <laughs> I, um, look, if if I can get in free to a day 
a single day of Star Wars celebration and it's all worth it. I know that you got a media pass last time. I did. You had already paid. You're right. It's worth it. Yeah, you'd already paid for for Star Wars celebration, (laughs) but you got a media pass. Well, it sold out before I could pay. So at this point, I'm hoping that podcast two podcast podcast (laughs) two one eight seven. Hoping that podcast two one eight seven is good enough and smart enough, and people love us enough that I can get myself into celebration Anaheim, so that uh, I'm not not left behind. I, you know, I live down it, the street, you know? It, it worked once for me. Hopefully, we can get it to work for you. Let's do this. Because like you said, I already paid. I already got my ticket. and I was like, Right. And you got one. So Just in case. Like, You're not important <laughs> enough. Right. Because I'm like, and, and, you know, they might not approve this podcast for me. Yeah, I don't know. And they did. And here's the other thing I'm noticing a lot lately. Uh, side note. Digression. A lot of Star Wars of the podcasts show. seem to be ending. Did you notice that lately? No, I, I haven't, actually. I've seen maybe three podcasts that are like, we're done. Huh. Oh, all right, good. <laughs> more <laughs> listeners for more. We're supposed to want more podcasts, Mark. No, we don't want more community. podcasts. Community. No, well, I love you all. That, that's my community. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if I can cite, look, the Democrats are running for re-election. There's like 20, or they're running for president. There's like 20 of them. You feel bad when Cory Booker drops out, which is going to do any day. But at the same time, Elizabeth Warren's like, gimme, gimme, <laughs> gimme the support. So that's I mean, what I that, want. That's true. However, right. we're we're the more Cory Booker in this situation and not as much the Elizabeth Warren. That's fine, but we're not going anywhere. We're on 150 podcasts. So right are we now. more like we, the Andrew Yang, I guess, for now? No, well, we're, yeah, I guess, but but we're in it for the long haul. We are the Bernie Sanders. We're in it. Okay, okay. And we're still in it, and we still right. think we have a shot at greatness, but screw, we don't. Screw everybody else. We're gonna stick around as long as we can. <laughs> we're in this forever. I can't do a Bernie Sanders. That'd be great <laughs> if I could. Yeah, we're we're great. in it. We're not going anywhere. You know, uh, money doesn't apply to us. So the fact that we get none. And we've done a, we haven't got a single cent from this podcast yet. We've done 150. So we haven't got a single cent and we have drained a lot of money <laughs> into this podcast. So you have drained a lot of money. Me, I'm just like, well, it's your idea, Tim. I'm just here. Well, I mean, you know, I'm going for like the team front here, but sure, that, that's also you true. <laughs> you are. Um, You're a good man, Tim. I so, love you. <laughs> is this the alcoholic? <laughs> I just poured myself a glass of, um, what is it? Um, Mellow corn, corn whiskey. It's delicious. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to keep going with this. So while on Kid Jimmy, Kylo, I have a whole new tone here. Kylo initiates another mind bond with Ray to try and divine. Hold on, hold on. What? Kid Jimmy, what, what, what planet is this? I, and I'm being serious. This is the snow one that they went to to get 3PO's mind hacked. Okay, so they found had, Bliss. is this like the fifth planet in Star Wars in this one? We've had EXO, EXO, whatever. Exegol, Pasana, Kijimi, the jungle base, and four. then the That's asteroid. Four right there. The five. asteroid base. So, yeah, that is five. That's pretty big. Nice. And we have at least one more coming. Oh. And then the space scenes. And Endor. Well, I said at least one more coming. That's that's what I meant. But we have the flashback at Endor. Oh. 
Whoopsie. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're, we're going to keep going with this. Uh, so Kylo initiates another mind bond with Rey, and he tries to get her location a second time. Kylo spends much of this time antagonizing Rey. Some of this conversation revolves around her parents and the truth behind the dagger. It was once used to murder her parents. Many years ago, Ochi was sent to murder Rey's parents who were trying to hide Rey from the galaxy. Ochi succeeded, leaving her parents as nobodies to be forgotten by the galaxy. Where Ochi failed, though, was with Rey. He could not find her, so he left her behind on Jakku. This is what Rey remembers when she sees the ship leaving in the wake of her parents' murder. It's not her parents abandoning her. Rey lashes out at Kylo during this bond, and their lightsabers clash. Having gotten everything he needed from Rey during this session, he cuts off the bond. The Star Destroyer arrives on Kajimi after having followed the heroes there. As Kylo makes his way down to the planet, Zori helps the Resistance escape by employing the use of something described as a First Order Passage device. You have something to add. Kylo's contribute. very selfish. Okay. Well, I mean, he's like, I've gotten everything I need from you. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of how the first, or, I mean, the, the dark side tends to work. Uh, but is he really dark side? We'll get there. Um, so suppose I'm done with my, my other tone that was taking a lot of energy. So um, the First Order Passage device is something that transmits a signal recognized as friendly to the First Order, allowing a ship to pass uninterrupted, kind of like a passcode or something. Um, as our heroes make their escape, we see that Palpatine's orders to Hux and Pride are being carried out as children are being rounded up by soldiers of the First okay, Order. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This is the part that I was confused, okay? Mm-hmm. When has Palpatine been talking to Hux and, and, and Pride? Pride? Well, I think, I think that's by transference, because Palpatine told Kylo to do this, and Kylo told Hux and Pride to do it. So I don't think it's direct at this point. Um, Although I do think we get to a level because I, I think it's down here in a little bit where uh, Palpatine does have direct contact with Pride, uh, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, so next uh, is at the first wait, Star wait, Destroyer wait, above Kajimi. That you talk about, we'll get there in a minute, but I don't know where it's like. If I was had to be, wait, Palpatine, you died. How do I know it's you? <laughs> well, well, but he might not have said that. My, my, Kylo might have just been like, "Hey." get some children in for an army I want to build. And that's that. Okay, but here's the deal. If you're Hux, Hux, first of all, doesn't like Kylo at all. Sure. Wouldn't believe a thing that he said. Right. And second, now suddenly he's going to believe Kylo that Palpatine is alive and he wants his orders? No, no, no. Hux be like, whoa. That's what I'm saying. He might not tell him about Palpatine. He might just be like, Kylo, as the Supreme Leader, I want you to start rounding up youngins to make a new, new army with. Period. Fair no, enough. No mention of Palpatine. If Palpatine's saying like, "Hey, um, what's up? It's me," <laughs> I, 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 as Hux, I'd be like, "What? What the hell's going on?" Yeah, sure. I mean, I think yeah, most okay. people would be. That's what Kyle. I did. just think that. I just think that honestly, this is one of those things that's not fleshed out in this spoiler. Yeah, there, there's a lot of context and nuance and dialogue and stuff that's going to make this all flow so smoothly. That's not here. These are just. Plot points, pretty much. Okay. Uh, so, uh, let's see what we have here. As the heroes escape on Ochi's ship, the group makes a decision to use the passage device to board the Star Destroyer and recapture the Falcon. The device works as advertised, and their ship lands without question. 
On board the Star Destroyer, the droids log onto the ship's computer network to locate the Falcon, and in the process, they discover that Chewbacca is still alive. He was on a different prisoner transport ship the entire time. The team hatches a plan to, uh, to rescue a Chewie, um, but Ray splits off, feeling as if something is calling to her. Meanwhile, the others do find Chewie, but their rescue attempt fails, and they are all taken captive. The calling Ray feels is caused by the dagger, which draws her in to Kylo's living quarters. So back on Kajimi, uh, on the surface of the planet, uh, Ray, or I'm sorry, Kylo is still looking around for Ray, and he doesn't find her. So he initiates another force bond, and he discovers that she is on his star destroyer, and a lightsaber yeah. duel breaks out again not between only, the two of them. Not only is she on his star destroyer, she's in his room. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't touch like, my wait stuff. Wait a second, what? My girl's in my room? <laughs> Looking through my personal things? This is lightsaber worthy. Don't touch my grandpapa's helmet. Right. Or yeah. hey, don't look at those text messages. <laughs> well, and it, what's really cool about this too is that this is, I think, the second time at this point in the story where they have a lightsaber fight through their force bond. Like, that's awesome. But, okay, but here's the other thing about all of this. You know, I know we joke, but to be serious, so far it's like conversation, lightsaber fight. Conversation, lightsaber fight. Say, like, how many, what is going on with you guys? Because yeah. lightsaber fight in the quarters, right? With a, with a force bomb. Where's the other one that you talked about? Well, they fight on Pisana, but it's just physically in person. Um, right, and then, that's two. Where was the. We know coming up that they fight on Endor, just from the trailer alone, or. The special look, as you like to call it, <laughs> as it is, right? It's like every five seconds, it's like, "Hey, what's going on? Nothing." Lightsaber fight. <laughs> like, come on, boy. Uh, this is this is where the oh here, the... yeah. How many times? Well, yeah. The other one is um, right after after Kylo tells her through their force bond that she's that you know her parents were murdered, um. And that's what she remembers. They have a force bond there, and that's when they fight with lightsabers there too. Okay, so it's like, hey, girl, what's up? Nothing. I want to fight. Being, I remember my parents being murdered. Yeah, let's fight. And then they fight. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I mean, it's still cool though. It's gonna be cool to see. It, it's gonna be better the way they present it. But so far, I'm just like. Okay, look, there's a lot of you guys fighting and nothing comes of it. I don't this, this hear movie, why, it, I don't well, hear why they stopped fighting, though. The, the feedback J.J. had with The Force Awakens was not big enough in scope, uh, could have been paced a little faster, um, not enough lightsaber fights, and oh, uh, like too, much, too much like the previous movie. J.J.'s like, I got it, I heard you, no worries, here's this movie. <laughs> Fixing all of it. Hey, girl. Yeah. Lightsaber fight. Yep. <laughs> so, moving you're, on. You're an idiot. Yeah? So are you. Lightsaber fight. Well, get out of my room. <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. Why are you looking through my stuff? Lightsaber fight. <laughs> During this encounter, Kylo reveals that there is more to the story behind Rey and her parents. This is where it's revealed that Rey is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. He tells her that they are meant to join together on the dark side, and that is all part of the Emperor's plan. 
It's clear that by this point in the story, Kylo is fully committed to what the Emperor's mission is for him. Once Rey and Here's Kylo's... what I'm... Yeah. Here's what I'm always confused about. This idea that you're going to tell a good person, hey, look, we have to be evil, and that'll be a good thing. Whatever you say, coming to the dark side, it's like you're telling a good person, right? Right. You don't have to tell a bad person to come to the dark side. They're already there. <laughs> this idea that you're going to tell a good person, hey, look, come to the dark side, and so we could be a battery together, a dyad, we're going to be together. Maybe dark like, side. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, fine, that sounds great. <laughs> Let's There's, do it. There, yeah. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> There's got to be another shush, dog. Got to be another story behind that. Let's be honest, though. There's one thing that Kylo has to say that will absolutely guarantee get ready to turn to the dark. The, the, what I, is that? The dark side. He needs, he needs to no. <laughs> he needs to look at her and say, "Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise?" Mm. No. What he says, baby girl. <laughs> have, you, have you heard about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? But he has to add baby girl. <laughs> well, and there you go. Oh. There you have it. Ray's now a dark side person. Yep. I'm dark side. I'm dark side. <laughs> he, called me baby, he called me baby girl. Like, that's all you needed to say, man. Now I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how this all works. I assume I assume that the big beats are here. In, in Jedi Praxis and stuff, I assume that the big beats are there, but the specifics are kind right. of... Uh, Black. Yeah, sure. But again, this just gives you a shape of the story. It doesn't give you the art of it, but it gives you the shape of how it's going to go. And again, so far, just so everybody knows, you know, uh, we are on the Making Star Wars Network. Right. Which is uh, Jason Ward. Jason Ward has revealed a lot of spoilers in his time as a a spoiler um, maven, a spoiler girl, a spoiler (laughs) prostitute. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Whoa. Anyways, he has he is spoiler friendly. Correct. He's not discounted any of these spoilers yet. No, and in fact, he kind of contributes and adds to some of them. Right. So it's not like he's saying no, no, no. no that's he may be saying, well, it's a little different, but it's in the right area. Right. If anything, so like same concepts. Yeah. Right. It's why we have every reason to believe that this might possibly be true, unless, unless. This is a massive disinformation campaign from Lucasfilm, and all this is fake. Which, Which honestly, I book? doubt. It's possible, but I oh, do doubt it's it. It's possible. Anyway. For the mystery box. <laughs> uh, once Rey and Kylo's force bond duel ends, Kylo makes his way back to his ship, and Rey grabs the dagger and Chewie's bandolier and bolts. Ray jumps into a fre- or bumps into a fresh-minded 3PO along the way and hands him Chewbacca's effects and the dagger and tells him to make a run for it while she stalls Kylo. So again, this is probably where we get that poster image of 3PO where he has Chewie's bandolier on, he's holding the bowcaster and so on. Uh, this is when it <laughs> appears that all is lost for our heroes that have been captured by the First Order. And just because, again, they, they tried to rescue Chewie and they couldn't do it, so when hope seems lost, General Hux arrives. And surprisingly, not only does he allow them to escape, but he points them in the direction of the Falcon. Turns out the Hux was the mold within the First Order that Finn and Poe had received information from. Oh, my baby! Ray and the other heroes make a break for the Falcon, and they escape. 
After they leave, Kylo kills Hux for treason against the First Order. So sexy. (laughs) And let's be honest, again, I don't think this is a self... I think we talked about this last week. I don't think this is a self-sacrificial moment where Hux has a turn of heart or change of heart, and he's wanting to help the good guys now. I really feel like it's a self-serving, I hate Kylo kind of thing, so let me, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing, so he's going to work with them just to oh. undermine Kylo and then use it for his own advantage. Little ginger head. Sexy <laughs> Hux. <laughs> so we're... <laughs> Are Next. we halfway through yet? Uh, we're over halfway, yeah. Oh my god! I'm looking at my wife. She's about to be here. This is all—it's all over. This <laughs> is okay. I'm gonna—we're gonna hurry. We're gonna hurry. Um, <laughs> so Kylo kills Hux. From this point forward, General Pride is the Wait, sole what? commander of the First Order military. No! What? You think tears aren't gonna come out of my eyes? Where does, <laughs> where does Kylo kills Hux? How? Reverse. I—I I, I would assume just like he did Lord Santega. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm going to stand up like like a woman in church. Like, oh, Jesus, no. No. I'm going to cry. Kylo kills Hutz. No. Wrong. All right, go ahead. Run. We're, we're going to hurry. This is for you, Mark. This is for you. No. Jesus, no. So, Gerald Pride is the sole commander of the First Order military. The Emperor contacts Pride. So, again, this is a direct contact at this point. Out of nowhere. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't know. Yo! Um, Well, because supposedly Pride is some sort of loyalist to the Sith and the Emperor. So, they might have... Maybe Pride knew. I don't know. But he contacts Pride, and he demands that he use one of the specially equipped Star Destroyers to destroy Kid Jimmy as an act of loyalty, and Pride complies. So, this is where we get in the trailer, special look, previews. Uh, of the red laser oh, destroying wait. the you planet. Said, you said trailer. Slash special look, slash previews, slash uh, all of it. Because I, I don't remember which one that was in. Sam, you're a phony. Yeah, I'm a you're Disney special show. Look, you, nonsense. <laughs> um, I don't even... It doesn't even matter to me at this point because I need a film when, when baby boy Hux dies. Because that's some <laughs> BS right there. Oh, you know, I'm not going to, but I should, for your own sake, I should just mute your line so it doesn't get recorded. Finish this so that we can end and you don't get a divorce. That's fine. My wife, she loves it. Maybe. (laughs) So, next. (laughs) Next, we go to Endor, as previously mentioned. Yes! Why Endor? Because the information gleaned from 3PO's translation of the dagger's writing leads to the location of a second Wayfinder device. Which turns okay, out to be aboard tra- the wreckage of the second Death Star on the Force. Okay, but here's Endor. the confusion: What is the second Wayfinder? What is the point of the Wayfinder? It's the Emperor's. The, the Vader. He, we already know where he is. Well, it might have been to like he had a device because it's the unknown regions. So if he ever wanted to go out there to check out the construction of his new hideout or something, then he'd need to know how to get there. Suppose, but the first Wayfinder already said where the Emperor's at. Which now is the second from one? What? Vader. Second one also says where they. Are. It's a. My understanding is that the Wayfinders, Vader had one and the Emperor had one, and both point to the same location, which is the unknown regions, which is like a hideout spot for like a contingency plan for the Emperor, so that if they ever needed to whatever happened and go out to this place, they would be able to get there. And Vader and Emperor were the only two to have one, so Kylo gets Vader's, and the dagger points to Ray finding the Emperor's above or aboard the Death Star wreckage. On 
Andor. This is this is where it's starting to get convoluted. That kind of, but again, if you're in the theater, just accept it and be along for the ride, and you'll have fun. Um, so along their or their way to the wreckage, the crew comes in contact with a person named Jana. It is revealed that she was press ganged into the First Order service as a child, but eventually she escaped and found her way to Endor, where she has been living for some time. At this time, it's revealed that she is the child that Lando lost to the First Order all those years ago. Jana provides Rey with transportation to get to the Death Star wreckage. Rey makes her way to the Death Star wreckage and begins climbing her way through its twisted remains, which supposedly feels very reminiscent of how we're introduced to her in The Force Awakens when she's on the Adat remains and the, the Star Destroyer remains and so on. Yeah, there's no Adat remains there. Yeah, well, there, there was concept of her being in there, I think. But yeah. Concept art doesn't make a difference. I know, but I, I'm so knowledgeable. Sometimes I get my own knowledge confused. <laughs> that's why I fixed it too. And that's why I was like, and the Death Star, or the, the Star Destroyer, because I realized as I'm talking that I, I'm going to be quiet now. She eventually reaches the Emperor's throne room and discovers a chamber connecting that room to, or I'm sorry, that connects to the room. And it contains the second Wayfinder. Ray approaches okay, the but object. It, but again, ah, so confused. What? But I'm confused. Tim? What are you confused about, Mark? Kylo already knows where Emperor is. So what's the point of the second wayfinder? For Ray to find out what's going on and where Kylo is. They're trying to because Hux Hux told the resistance that Kylo's going out to the unknown regions and he's really looking for something, something strong, powerful, whatever. And the resistance is like, oh crap, we gotta find out what that is. So they're trying to do what they can to figure out what's going on. It, it, it is too late for them to get there and discover Palpatine, but, but they don't know that yet. But Kylo's already said, hey, guess what? Palpatine's alive and he's your pop. Yeah. So what is she still looking for a wayfinder for? So she can go there herself and find out that Palpatine's her dad well, or not her dad? Just, just, because, she know, just because he said that they're related doesn't mean that that, oh, by the way, and that's also what their wayfinder leads to. I get it, but the, but the, the second MacGuffin... There's the MacGuffin of the Wayfinder, and there's the second MacGuffin of the second Wayfinder. It seems kind of pointless, no? I mean, honestly. Well, I think it's just that they're on a mission, and the end game is to get this Wayfinder and find out what's going on, because right now they don't know, and they, they want to know, know what Kylo knows. Kylo already said. Well, he said that this is the case, but he didn't even say he met him. He could just be like, yeah, I had a Force vision, and the Emperor is your grandpapa. I and know, that's I, that. I get what you're saying, but I, but I feel like there's something that we're missing from these uh, synopsis. Well, and that's synopsis. what I'm saying. You know, c- context, uh, the actual uh, script itself, the dialogue, you know, all of these provide so much more depth to and you know, I, I, I just don't to want to be all. the guy who's like, yes, it's all true. I want to be there to provide, you know, the sort of, wait, what? Hold on. Let's talk about this. I want to be that guy. Sure. Yeah, sure. you're welcome. Good for you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sorry, I just saw a sentence come up, and it, it's funny. Um, so, what are we now? One hour and twenty minutes in the podcast. Yeah, uh, about yeah. Um, so Ray oh approaches the object and picks it up, and that induces a vision of a possible future for herself, and that's where we see the dark Ray from the D twenty three footage. Wow. You don't mean his, dark Ray, you mean hot hot Ray. <laughs> his sources have also told him Paxis that the voice of Palpatine may be heard during the scene. The vision shocks Rey, and she stumbles back into the throne room, where Kylo Ren is waiting for her. <clears throat> Kylo takes possession of the Emperor's Wayfinder, destroys it, and indicates to Rey that the only way to get another Wayfinder is to go through him and take Vader's. 
and a lightsaber battle ensues. Another one. Beginning in the throne room and eventually transitioning to the exterior wreckage among the crashing waves, which is, again, we see in the various TV spots, trailers, footage, whatever. Now this we go back. Lightsaber fights. This, we're getting toward the end uh, of Act 2. I know, but, but it's a lot like, what's going on? Nothing. Lightsaber fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you're right. There is a lot of it in there. I'm sure there's it's going to be. There's but... got to be something that, you know. Because after a while, it's going to be... We don't even know how these lightsaber fights end. Okay, okay, look. Look. This is something I'm not proud of. And I'm not <laughs> even some. I'm not even sure if this is worthy. I'm not sure if this is podcast friendly. But I wrote, I wrote adult films when I was younger. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, Tim. I wrote two. <laughs> I got paid for it. I wrote two adult films. And when it came to that spot, right, I'd write the dialogue and it would have been they do their thing. <laughs> this is what this feels like to me. It's like talking, they fight. Reverse <laughs> fight for another F word. But this is what it feels like. No, it's like, I... <laughs> It was so pointless when I wrote it that that this feels very similar. And that's yes, what I, I said. I I'm sure I get in the context of the movie, it will work. And then the nuance, as everybody says. I hope so, because it made I no sense point, when though. I wrote scripts. But like I said, <laughs> I, got, I got paid. So. Okay. All right. Well, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. They <laughs> fight. But not that F word. So, anyways, yeah, I hope this makes more sense because all we have right now is they fight. It's like, come on, it's almost like uh, it's pent up aggression of the S type, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, next, we go to the Resistance's jungle base, often another part of the galaxy. While Kylo and Ray clash sabers, a bright light is this a, is this a secret base? It always is. Um, a bright light in the universe begins to fade because Leia is dying. Before her death, we hear and, the voice. And why is this that she's dying? Oh, it doesn't say. It's, it's, it, there's no reason per se. It's almost like Yoda, where it just happens. There's no explanation for it. It's just time. Okay. Um, and before her death, though, we hear a familiar voice come to bid her farewell and pass on one last bit of knowledge. And this is supposedly Luke that's being referenced here. As their battle rages on, both Kylo and Rey sense the death of their respective mother and mentor. They both react, but Rey recovers from the shock sooner and leverages the moment to take Kylo's weapon from him and stab him through the chest with it, which I kind of imagine to be payback for Han. Um, in the aftermath of their concluded duel, Rey declares to Kylo that she will never be like him and fall to the dark side. She exercises her newfound healing ability to save Kylo from death. She steals his ship along with Vader's Wayfinder device aboard it and takes off, leaving her enemy behind. After Rey leaves the forest moon, the remainder of the Resistance crew boards the Falcon, along with their newfound ally Janna, having spent the duration of Rey and Kylo's fight repairing the ship, and return to the hidden base in the jungle planet. Broken and defeated, Kylo Ren remains on the wreckage of the second Death Star when he is visited by a vision of his father. 
Now, previous leaks had said that Luke induces this vision. We don't know at this point if that's correct or not, but the point is that Han is able to speak to his son and tells him that it's never too late to return or to go back to the light and to make the right choice. This conversation, along with what just happened with Rey, has a profound effect on Kylo. And in a symbolic gesture, he discards his lightsaber and walks away from the darkness and the identity of Kylo Ren. Whoa. Ben Debson. Whoa. Ben. Mother. Ben Debson. <laughs> yep. There you have it. All right. So now we're current. Now we're current. Next is going to be the act three slash the finale for it all, or I guess final act for everything. There's going to be a lot in there to go over. Um, however, uh, it's going to start, I believe, with Ray being upset at herself for everything that happened. And she goes to Octo and like, you know, between the force lightning and uh, stabbing Kylo or whatever. Um, and that's where Luke has his conversation with her and so on, because I, I would feel like that would have been mentioned before now. So, and it wasn't. So I feel like that's going to be coming up next, given the context of everything. Um, and, and more happens after that. We'll go over more details the next time too, when we have well, the, the context yeah. and the details for the plot for act three. And, here, and here's the thing, obviously this is going to be fleshed out a little bit more than what Tim said. Tim's giving you the cliff notes, the Reader's Digest version of everything. So there's certainly some some things that are left out of it. Uh, but if this is the story so far, I don't really have an issue with it. I think it's a, it's a pretty great conclusion to the saga. You know, sure. it, yeah. it's, it's grand in scope. It has enough, you know, sort of out there je ne sais quoi to it all that, that it's... Uh, it's interesting, you know? It's going to be entertaining. It At this point, it, it fills the shoes of being the grand finale to everything. And, right. um, and yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really excited because we already know the concepts, but I'm excited to get the more detailed um, synopsis for the last part here. It should be, uh, we should have no issues with it being discussed next week is my understanding. Um, oh yeah so yeah so i mean that'll be good looking forward to it and i'm i'm really psyched you know at first you hear these little tidbits coming out bit by bit or whatever various reactions you know just getting used to ideas and concepts and stuff but seeing this all shaped together um especially when we get the final part coming up soon and then we can have the entire movie synopsis and then as we get closer, we get more context and we might get some actual dialogue here or there, things like this. It really starts to shape together. And I think this is going to form into a wonderful piece of art. So I'm psyched. Oh, for sure. I, I, you know, I'm, I was sort of iffy on this whole thing. You know, I, I was more excited for Mandalorian than I was this until these leaks started to come out. Right. Um, and, and now I'm far more interested in what's happening here than I am there. Right. And not to say I'm not excited for Mandalorian, but right, you know, this right. is just a whole other scenario, you know? Sure. No, I'm there with so, you. Like, I, I never really lost. Like, I, At no point was I more, more interested in the Mandalorian. I, of course, I very much am. But because of it being J.J. Abrams, everybody knows I'm a big fan of his. Um, so knowing that he was going to be behind the story for this, again, more so than before, this is more his own story than with The Force Awakens has me psyched or excited for it from the beginning. Um, so I'm just happy to see that it's, 
really seeming to kind of live up to the pressures it's going to have. Right, right. And, and, and really, honestly, it seems like there's something in here for everybody. No, I, I definitely agree. I think it's going to be good. So, all right, let me check real quick just to make sure. Okay. Uh, okay. Apparently, this is... Oh, our friend Noah. Anyway, uh, our friend Noah has recently, uh, 15 minutes ago, made it known in the Star Wars circles. He says that Kylo Ren's TIE fighter in The Rise of Skywalker is called the TIE Whisper. TIE Whisper? TIE Whisper. Okay. I hope it's right. <laughs> so, there's that. Anyway, all right. That's what we have. Long episode. A lot of great stuff to be discussing. I'm super psyched again, as we mentioned. And I am legit psyched about next week because I want to talk about how this all concludes and how we have the overall story. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ready for it. Thank you, Mark, for being on and entertaining as always. No problem. Telling us more about yourself than we ever thought we would know. Uh, well, I'm sure people are excited. <laughs> and, uh, again, let us know what your thoughts are, and uh, we'll fill everybody in next time with the updates. So, see you then. This has been the 150th episode of Podcast 287. Be back for 151. Awesome. <laughs> awesome to us. Yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs>